everybody, I'm Meredith Doty and this is Sweating Shirtless. Every episode, I dive deep into unpacking the fitness world through a body-confident and inclusive lens while picking the brains of inspiring, brilliant, accomplished, honest, new, and old friends talking about their experience with Sweating Shirtless. Jen Jordan, also known as Barbell Jen on Instagram, is a sweat fix instructor, marathon runner, and self-love aficionado. Join us as we chat through her self-love journey and discuss what you can do to kickstart yours. All right, Jen, thank you so much for joining Sweating Shirtless. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so excited. I think this is the first time we're talking face-to-face, actually. I know, I was like, I don't even know if I can consider this meeting you, but I'm so happy that I'm finally meeting you. <laughs> I know, like, I only know your voice from, like, your Instagram stories. We haven't, like, <laughs> we just text, you know, DM all the time, but I'm so glad that we're finally meeting virtually, and hopefully on the other side of this pandemic, we'll take each other's classes and hang. Ideally, yes, I love that. I'd yeah, say that's so- my favorite thing about quarantine, is meeting new people this way. I know. It, I felt like it's the new normal. Before it was like, oh, it's kind of weird. Like I know you from Instagram, but now it's like <laughs> everyone just like knows everyone from Instagram. It's like our main <laughs> form of socialization. <laughs> Literally. Um, so you, a little bit about you. You're a sweat fix instructor. You're a runner. You're a self-love aficionado. <laughs> I love it. But self-proclaimed. <laughs> yeah, self-proclaimed. But I'm assuming this hasn't been the case your whole life, right? Mm-hmm. So, so can you tell me a little bit about your journey? Yeah, of course. Okay, so um, I always played sports growing up. I was actually a college athlete also. And my sister, she's going to kill me for saying this because she's like, I'm out of shape now. Her words, not mine. She has three kids now. But she was like the connoisseur of trying new fitness studios on the North Shore. So that's where I live. That's where I grew up as well. Um, And she'd always be like, come take this spin class with me. Come take this TRX class. And at the time, I was like, I have college field hockey. I have high school sports, whatever. But I would always go. Um, So she got me into bar in 2014 or 2015. And then I was like an everyday regular bar client. Absolutely fell in love right when my college field hockey career ended. I went like all in monthly unlimited between literally taking classes classes and taking bar classes that was my full schedule um just super fell in love with it it was the first thing after sports that i was like i could do this every day and never get bored amazing and then i was taking classes so much there that studio actually asked me to be an instructor and i was like i guess i had never thought of this looking back in high school i was cast as brooke windham and legally blonde so i'm like i guess other people saw this in me before i saw it in myself but sure I'll try it why not and then that's when my like fitness career kind of took off so I did that full-time after college I didn't end up actually going into teaching right away and I was teaching like 20 ish bar classes a week sometimes it was 15 sometimes it was more than 20 um which is like dove right in oh yeah dove right in (laughs) and then when I had free time I would still do that I took up my sister's like took the torch from her and was still trying other things on the North Shore. So flash forward a little bit, um, at one of the first of many crossroads in my life, I said, you know, I have this degree to teach. Um, Initially it was to teach English, but I had an English degree and then essentially secondary ed. 
I'm going to look for a job and just see what happens. So I started full-time fitness in the winter and this was like spring, summer. I'm like, you know, maybe I could do a school year, see what happens, just like mm-hmm. hedge my bets, see what's feel things out. And I actually got a job teaching in a hospital for kids who had eating disorders. So it was then, and I'm sure we'll come back to this, that I was like, oh, I actually have a lot of unaddressed behaviors is what we call them that I'm now, this is like now on blast for me. So I'm going in every day, putting on this strong face for these kids. And I do have a lot of great information to share, but I'm realizing as I'm watching them, even just from this classroom setting, go through their stuff outside the classroom, I have a lot to process. Now at that time, I kind of expanded my circle and I was, so this was in Waltham, I was taking classes in Boston. So that was on my way to work. And that's when I kind of expanded. That's when I found Sweat Fix actually, even though they're in Wakefield, I actually was a regular client at their Southie location. So they were closer to me initially and then things just fell into place. So all at once I left that job and joined Sweat Fix. And I would say that's when like my true journey of self-love began. So along this fitness journey, um, and I moved into sales and I've been working at Sweat Fix since. So those two jobs have stayed the same. Um, as much as COVID has tried to hinder it, I'm still getting to as many other classes as I can. I still love to be a class hopper. Um, but yeah, so that's my my long and short of how I got here, how I started instructing, and how I started my self-love journey. Wow, that's like quite the story. I'd say. <laughs> I'm really interested in this, um, the eating disorders school. How did you find that job and what did it entail? So anybody that watches this and is a teacher is going to laugh because when you find a teaching job, there's this thing called school spring. It's like the easiest way to find one. And it essentially says like the school, the town that it's in, the district that it's in and the position. And this was like the most vague of any offering ever. It was like literally um, Boston Children. No, I don't even think it said a hospital. I'm trying to think what the, oh, it said learn well. So that's the name of the company. And then it said, Waltham, Waltham, classroom tutor. I was like, okay, why not? I haven't found a job at this point. It's August. Sure. And they called and they, and I get it now. The reason that they don't put it on there is because obviously people are like, I don't want to teach in a hospital if they don't know what the program is. So Mm -hmm. basically they're contractors and they hire teachers for any facility where students are either full time. So that's where I was. The kids were in there 24 hours a day for the length of their treatment or facilities that are like the full school day. So some are like eight to four facilities where the kids are focusing on treatment, but still need to stay ahead in school so that not every kid who needs help, which is a lot of us, um, falls back a year. So I'm like, okay, I'm interested. I'll go there because they're like, we really want you to see the facility before you agree to this, obviously, because some of them can be triggering in different ways. And at this point, just to get in the headspace that I'm in, I'm like, oh, I teach 20-something bar classes a day. I'm, like, so fit, and I love life. I'm in a great headspace is what 21 or 22-year-old me is thinking. And I got to um, the facility, and you're literally on the inpatient unit for kids who are being treated for eating disorders. So it is a wide range. Um, I learned so much about eating disorders while I was there. But it's everything – from like binge eating disorder, anorexia, bulimia, the whole the whole nine. So they were saying like you need to be comfortable seeing people with NG tubes in. If you don't know what that is, no judgment. Um, it's like in your nose, up and around your ear, um, getting nourishment that way. So sometimes I'd have kids who are hooked up to like 
polls and everything. And again, at this time, I'm like, I see this happening. I know a need for this. So we'll kind of touch on my, my traumas momentarily, but I'm like, I want to do this. I want to, I want to love this. So I'm going to try. So whatever it turns out to be a great fit, it's great. Um, what I did was on inpatient for two hours every day and then what we call resi. So it's, they don't necessarily have NG tubes. It's like the step down from that. It's kids who are still in there 24 hours a day, but it's more like they would call it the bunkers. It's more like a camp setting in the sense of they've stepped down from that intense treatment, but they're still doing like DBT and CBT. So different like group therapies, they're still meeting with a nutritionist, things like that. And then they also get two hours a day to just like talk to me, um, ask me any questions, school related, help with essays, editing. So I was just like a point person, everything fifth to 12th grade, every subject. Um, so that's how it started. And I had a very like distant relationship with everybody there. I was like, I'm just the teacher. I'll only help you with schoolwork. And then of course, because I'm sure you're like this too. I put my all and everything I do. I'm like, Oh no, I like now we would have meals together. They'd invite me to their lunches, um, which is like a big step in trust for them, which was great. And then this is how I realized deep into my career of this, that um, there was a lot of like unturned trauma. So what I learned in college or the extent of what I knew about eating disorders was you need to look sick or people must be recognizing that you have an issue to have an issue, right? Like you have to be so unwell. That's the only way you have an eating disorder. And then I'm watching my students literally having a meal. um, And I'm not going to like trigger anyone, but just doing different behaviors is what you call them. And I'm like, oh, the things that they're saying and the things that they're doing is like Jen Jordan in high school. I'm like, I think there's more to having an eating disorder than needing to be in this facility or your friends at school saying, I think you lost weight. And so that's when I really started to dig into um, before I left, like following registered dietitians instead of following Instagram fitspos. And again, this is like this is before I feel like people kind of unmasked the fitness scene as a six pack and long blonde hair and living your best life. Um, And I was like, I need to, I need to go outside of this small box and really learn what it is that I've like done to myself. And at that point I was just like, okay, I have a lot of trauma that I don't realize in the sense of rules that I put on food. I didn't know that that wasn't normal. Um, I just thought everybody had something in their head that said X, Y, Z. So I noticed that there. And just other things that when I walked away, I was like, okay, the first, my first goal, like in honoring all these students that I've de- like helped with life issues and helped with school, I'm going to figure out where this happened and, and turn it around as best I can. It's, you know, what's so crazy. Like when you are in an environment like that, you, things that are in your subconscious come to mind, like like and you work through and you end up working through it and that's the environment brings it out of you you think that you're there to give them something when in reality it's like swapped oh yeah I even I don't know if I had posted about this publicly um but at least in my like own journaling and own like processing leaving I had said that job gave me more than any of the salary any of the things that I could ever have given back to it like I turned a corner at so I left when I was 23. I turned a corner at 23 that if I had stayed or if I it didn't like come out, this could have been a true lifelong journey of, of dealing with what I call my um, like disordered eating 
or what I call like, you know, my level of that, not necessarily having an eating disorder, but um, definitely disordered eating and, and establishing behaviors that were cyclical until I got there. And I was like, oh, we need to break this pattern and soon. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm so glad that those puzzle pieces fell in the pace for you. So then you go to Sweat Fix, become an instructor there. And what came next in your self-love journey? So I would say, like, I like to look back very honestly. Um, yeah. I don't think I was at a point where I still didn't think physical appearance meant I was fit. And I will say for the Sweat Fix team and commend them endlessly for this, there's never talk of, of body on the team. Like, we're very lift heavy, be strong, listen to your body. Like, it's never about how you look when you're doing it. It's let's do it. Let's show up for yeah. each other. So I will say along the journey, I think I got there. But quite honestly, when I first transitioned from bar, and it's not even the studio, it's just how I was there. I'm like, to be a bar instructor, I have to be, and these are words that now trigger me. But at the time, like, I have to be skinny. I have to X, Y, Z, like whatever it was, but like skinny is a big one. And when I went to sweat fix, I was like, I need to get strong and I need to eat food to get strong and I need to do it fast. Um, so I'd say it wasn't like instantly I walked into sweat fix and, and changed as a person, but definitely over time, just being in a room with people who weren't all long and lean, which are the words we would use at, you know, my specific bar studio, but all walks of life, guys and girls, which was also helpful. I'm like, oh, this guy can lift. 30 pounds, I want to be able to lift 30 pounds and just different kind of like competitiveness that was probably more healthy to me. Um, I'm trying to think what else was going on when I started Sweatbike. So yeah, I was at a new job. So I think there was just a lot of newness that also helped me make new patterns. And I'm definitely a creature of habit. So like at work, for example, I would order out, which seems so silly, but there was a, definitely a certain point that I was like, I must prep every meal and bring food to work every day. And I started this new job and I'm like, I have friends here who like want to get lunch every Wednesday and that's okay. Um, yeah. So I think the very beginning of it and the, the diet, I don't like to use that word, but or like the lifestyle that I use now is intuitive eating. And starting that was probably the most scary time when I started the new job, when I started Sweatpix, I was like, I'm going to try intuitive eating. And there's this, um, I've heard this said a lot of times, I see a lot of posts about it. So it must be a running joke, I just assume. But people are like, oh, everyone thinks when you start intuitive eating, you're going to eat like cookies and ice cream for every meal because who doesn't want that? Um, and I think definitely my subconscious or my younger, you know, um, trauma self had that thought. But it's more just I would take a sweat fix class and I'm like, I want a bagel now. I just rode and now I'm hungry <laughs> and that's what I want to eat. Um, and just learning when to say like, yes, maybe we should throw in a vegetable and when to be like, no, it's actually totally fine to have pasta and, and go to bed. Like, that's okay. Yeah. So yeah, starting sweat fix was definitely my transition out of anything fitness related that perfectly looked or correlated with my body and transitioning into like, let's focus on being strong. Let's focus on being mindful. And then I think the self-love journey kicked off. Shortly thereafter, I signed up for a marathon or started seriously running again. And I've talked about this to a few people, but I would say that that was the ultimate catalyst for like separating how you look and what you're able to do, like your fitness yeah. performance, because I was, and I can say this candidly, not at my, what I would consider my best physical shape 
at my like best, I mean, I've only run one marathon, but my best marathon time. Um, I was able to run 26 miles and it had literally nothing to do with how I looked. It was just like the discipline along the way, fueling myself along the way. And so right after the marathon, I was like, okay, I think I'm here. I think I'm at the point where I, it's literally not about what I see in the mirror in the sense of picking myself apart. It's like, you're strong. It, it doesn't matter what you, what you look like, what you're perceiving of yourself. Like you can do hard shit. And, yeah. and I think after the marathon, I was officially like, now I can fine tune. It's no longer like we're on this uphill battle of I'm wondering if I'm ever going to accept where I'm at or how I look. And it was finally like, oh, oh, I like me a lot. And yeah. let's see like how much we can do with this and like how we can share this message and how we can get other people here because it feels really good. So, yeah, totally. As someone who's I'm in the middle of marathon training myself and it's like it is you know, you think it's like, you get so excited at the end goal, but there's so many small things that you have to go through until you get to the the medal on your chest. You have to really think about all the small wins along the journey. And like, that's, it is really is discipline. Like getting yourself up and just going is, is key because it's the time, it's the time time under pressure that you have to like push through yeah and I think I'm definitely a big project person so like I love having a big goal but at the same time my big goals up to that point might have been like two or three months out so knowing the marathon training is a full depending on how you do it like four to five months of at least concentrating on running I was always like oh my heart's pitter-pattering a little um, but my favorite thing actually are like my most fun fact, this is not hate toward him. He's a great kid. He just wasn't for me is while running a marathon and spending so much time alone and like in your own head, I'm sure you know this, even if you listen to music, you have thoughts and sometimes you yeah. have two, three and four hour runs that you get to think. Um, I ended up breaking up with my boyfriend at the time. Like I just, re I didn't know because you know, you spend time together and everything's great, but like, I didn't know that it wasn't for me until I truly got to self-reflect on long runs. So <laughs> it ended up being like a really big learning moment to be like, there are things while you're investing so much time and energy into yourself, into this goal, like there are other things in your life that, that need some fine tuning too, which was, which is really interesting. That is interesting. It is crazy what comes up when you like, just give yourself time to be alone with yourself. Mm -hmm. consistently <laughs> and three to five times a week every week <laughs> four months yeah, yeah exactly. the um, biggest thing too oh sorry go ahead no you go I was gonna say the biggest thing too as a like student athlete ever high school college whatever um I had my first bad run at like 18 so very close to what the end of my training was and I remember, I love Instagram, like Instagram has its moments for me, but I love it when you post something and you get reactions that give you new perspective. That's like easily my favorite thing. And at 18, I'm like, I had the worst run, today stinks, whatever. I don't remember the exact verbiage, but someone was saying, it's you have to think of it as a student athlete, like, like a game. You don't win every game. Like some of them just stink. You guys get the floor mopped with you and then you go practice and get better. And ever since I had that perspective, I was like, wow, every run isn't a win. You don't leave every single run and are like, yes, I slayed. Give me my oatmeal. I want a beer and a Gatorade. Some of them you're like, 
I feel like trash. My body's tired. That was hard. Um, and then I think after that, my training, I was like, everything's going to be okay. One foot in front of the other. If it's X pace, it's great. If it's X minus two minutes per mile pace, that's great too. Like whatever happens kind of happens. That brings up a great point. It's something that I've realized and really started to try and promote to on my own Instagram is when you experience something like a really bad run if you just sat there and just stewed on it yourself for and not shared it with anyone it would have made the run seem so much worse in your head right so you would just like focus on it and you know you have this like train of thought that keeps going into your head but as soon as you speak it out loud and and kind of bring it to the light like all the shame associated with it just like disappears. It's, it's, it's a, it's like a magic trick. (laughs) I, that's my favorite lesson I ever learned. Yeah. (laughs) No, but seriously, you're like, if I share this or, or with some things in life, you share it and you're like, wait, this is actually a bigger thing than I was making it in my head. Like it goes both ways, but there are definitely things that I'm like, this is, this is the end of the world right now. And I say it to one other person. And like I said, I'll either get new perspective or just speaking it out, letting it out of my own head. I'm like, oh, that actually felt really nice. And you know what? It's one run or it's one day or whatever. I yeah. used to um, I used to have these days in high school. And this was also when my disordered eating, looking back, was probably at its height. Um, if I really like look at the timeline and the behaviors. But I used to have these days, I would call them like everything goes to shit days. It's just one of those like, you know, you drop your car keys, then you get in and you step in a puddle and, you know, on your way into school, your pants rip. Like, it's just one of those. And I was actually talking to one of the other sweat instructors during quarantine and saying that my favorite thing to compare are my everything goes to shit days. In high school, it would be like, I'm going to bed and crying myself to sleep. Like, I cannot handle all this stress. And as an adult, I'm like, they're the funniest days to look back on. I'm like, oh my gosh, remember? And then I ripped my pants and then I was teaching sweat yeah. and the music cut out and and being able to like take things so much more lightly. Um, yeah. Because yeah, you're like, I can I can laugh about this. It's okay when things aren't perfect and like in these neat boxes. Yeah. It's so true. And you know what? Like when you come into those moments when the music cuts out in class, that's when you really get to show your clients who you really like who you really are without the guise of the music and like the production of it all like you're a human and that very human in that moment and that's really what like fosters real connection with your clients and your you know what do you call your sweat fix people like we call our clients. writers yeah yeah, clients. yeah our clients yeah <laughs> the fix fam <laughs> I love that yeah. So I wanted to kind of pivot and talk about, so say someone's listening and they're really struggling with, they kind of feel like hopeless in their self-love journey, especially considering it's the month of love, it's February. They wanted to talk about how we can help foster and spark change. So I've hinted at this a little bit, um, but I would say the most important thing about self-love, and this is, again, I'm only an expert in my own experience, but this really helped me, is not always looking for something physical that we love about ourselves. So I think love, like, compiles love, right? I 
love this pair of jeans. I'm going to go back to this company and get 10 more because that's just, they make, they make me feel good. Mm -hmm. I think when I started saying like, you know, I really love my positive attitude. So I didn't have to go to the mirror to find love. And that's, that's definitely a cycle that I had to learn to break. Um, but then now I have a, now I have a good outlook on myself. You know, I, I already love something about myself or I really love how I handled something. So even if taking it big scope seems like a lot, and sometimes that is overwhelming for sure, just to find one thing like today, I loved that I was able to journal or I loved what I wrote in my journaling. So you're just like giving yourself a little bit of, of tenderness, a little bit of, of rope. And then you get to keep pulling it, right? The next day you wake up and you're like, my hair looks great. I love, I love how my hair came out today. I love the outfit that I picked. And then you kind of transition into those other things. Um, I'm definitely a nitpicker. So that was the most important step for me was to take it, like I said, away from the mirror. Um, I associate, I think, that with love because that's how my journey started was a very physical, if I don't love the way I look, X, Y, Z, or if I love the way I look, X, Y, Z. So like finding things about yourself outside of what you look like. And I know there's like endless content, memes and TikToks, but uh, the best way that I connect with this is I think of self-love like how you treat a friend. So you'd never go to your friend and they're like, what do you love about me? And you're like, your hips, your waistline. I've never done that to my friends. Right. You're like, you're always there for me when I need you. You are like my go-to person. You're reliable. You're funny. So like the way that you talk to someone else, even if that's just how it has to start, is such a good catalyst because then you find, even if it's not love at first and it's just like contentment or it's peace with making peace with things, you'll find ways to accept yourself. And I think even more than self-love, self-acceptance is like so key. Like you yeah. are you, no one else gets to be you. So you get however many days we get to perfect you and, and what you are and what you bring to the table. And then you'll, once you like tap into that, I feel like that's when I was like, oh, I love that I do this. I love I love the silly things I say in class and like my music tastes and what X, Y, Z. Yeah. And it's sometimes like going off of that, going off of the acceptance, like self-love is, is love is as, as, um, strong of a word as hate, right? They're like polar opposites, but if you just find somewhere in the middle where you're not, you don't always have to, you know, love yourself about everything about yourself every day it's just that you don't hate yourself you know you, you want to find like a happy medium where it's not like going all over the spectrum um and then that's that you kind of want to live in the middle and then you, maybe you have a, a day where you love yourself a little bit more and and maybe a day you love yourself a little bit less but you're always like covering in the middle yeah no that's great advice too and i also think that makes it more tangible for people because that's the other piece yeah. if you don't know or if you're not familiar with you know saying affirmations in the mirror out loud like all this like what I consider to be very in the self-love category if you yeah. can just wake up and look in the mirror and even if it's just say nothing that's great for me when again very nitpicky person that was a huge step to not think or say anything I was just like this is how I look and now I'm going to brush my teeth in the bathroom and then I'll come put my outfit on and go to work. So even, yeah, just not, it doesn't have to be, I hate this or I love this. It's just like acceptance, that first middle point, a Zen place. 
a Zen place. And then even learning, you know, what we're talking about, tell, uh, words of affirmation. I just posted this on my Instagram today about love languages and applying what we know about love languages to how you love yourself. That was game changing for me. And that was like, I realized that pretty recently. I was like trying to do, you know, bubble baths, mantras, whatever, thinking that this was how I love myself when reality, like um, acts of service is really how I feel love. So I needed to like delegate tasks. And that's like how I feel like I'm taking care of myself. And that was game changing. Cause now I feel like way more, in control of everything so I delegated some tasks and like wow I'm on top of the world I feel great <laughs> you know yeah um I had seen your resources on that and a few other people had posted it and love languages in general are always just so interesting to me I'm an acts of service person also and so it's funny to me that I connect so much with them because I'm like I'm doing this for you how do you not understand that I love you um but I found out that the way I receive love is totally different from how I give it and it's quality time and so I always, I've been making this joke for a couple months now. I'm like, not many people say they really thrived in 2020. And I got to say, I'm one of them because all of a sudden I wasn't running from job to job to the fitness job, which, you know, that, that game, I was mm -hmm. literally spending a lot of time by myself and I was like, wow, this is amazing. I like me a lot. And I like journaling and just sitting in my ownness and doing whatever I choose but that quality time and learning that that's how I received love was huge. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I would have ever slowed down if it wasn't for the pandemic. I think that way. I'm like, I don't think I would have ever slowed down unless like I was like an object in motion stays in motion until mm -hmm. a pandemic stops it. <laughs> <I don't> <laughs> that is what Newton wrote. <laughs> yeah, that is what Newton meant. <laughs> Um, I had to actually talked about this with one of the other sweatpicks instructors. Um, so we all go to each other's classes. I know handlebars similar, um, give each other as much support as humanly possible. And also cause you just like the workout, but yeah. we were discussing how at the very end, like January, February, very early March of last year, all of us, just because we liked to do it. And I truly do believe that we're in like two to four classes a day of whichever class you went to and like all working our full-time jobs on top of it just like essentially working out was it and like you said we were all in motion so we just I'm like I'll run to 305 after I teach and tomorrow morning I'll like take a yoga class before I take sweat bags all these things and I'm like I now again hindsight is 2020 I'm like I did love myself then and I, I was at this body acceptance place but now I get three to five good workouts in a week and I'm like that was a great week it doesn't have to be 18 tasks checked off to like be yeah. fit or, or to feel good about your fitness level yeah it's it's it is great it is crazy and we are running ourselves into the ground to be to be honest but mm -hmm. and then you had kind of touched on this like sharing on instagram your your woes is a good thing but also and i said instagram has its moments you're like oh this person did this and this today and as much as I like try to cut that comparison off, I'm like, if they can do that and they have a full-time job and they teach, why can't I get to those yeah. six things yeah. I want to do this week? It's so true. Comparison, the comparison game with um, Instagram is, is something that I've worked hard to like create, create some sort of boundary where, you know, I'll, I'll mute accounts if it's, 
just if they make me feel like whatever like just any kind of way that like mm -hmm. if i find myself comparison and i i don't want that to come up you know i i try yep. to really filter my feed with what's going to nourish my my thoughts in a, in a good mm -hmm. way mm -hmm. it's a great great tool yeah that step um and again this was early on but still it's a constant this is not a you complete the journey of self-love once and you're done um, it's a constant cycle, but the initial realizing that when I had started my fitness account in 2017 and was just like, who are fit people that I can follow, unfollowing them and filling it with like, I know there's this one, um, she's the UCLA dietitian. She cracks me up. She makes hilarious TikToks and it's like really good content and good things to see and hear about. Like, like the switch is just wild because I'll see that and I'm like inspired to go eat a good meal, a well-balanced meal, as opposed to seeing someone again, I'm just using this because it's an easy example for me, with a six-pack and a big butt, and I'm like, oh, I should really do crunches and booty, like what old yeah. me might have thought. Um, right. So, yeah, just switching accounts in that feel good or taking accounts out that don't because, really, it's your platform at the end of the day. And I think we all lose sight of that where, like, Instagram is its own thing. Like, you can make it whatever you want. Sometimes I post 65 photo like posts in a month, and sometimes, I, like, once a month I post, and I'm like, oops. I was busy. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so also you so you just did a talk for Sweat Fix on the Fix Forum. Mm -hmm. Can you tell give us a little insight into what you were chatting about? Yeah. So Elise came to me with the idea. So we wanted to make sure it was accessible to everybody um, as much as they wanted it to be. And the line that she came up with was something about valuing yourself and your time. And this kind of goes back to self-love. Um, for me, this the valuing myself came before actually loving myself. So this is important. But I did. I made a prezi. But I just did three points. Um, and this isn't the whole story, but on how I started to value myself and three points on how I started to value my time and what the oh. whole purpose of it was for me is like, this is how I started to really enjoy spending time with myself, enjoy the time that I was spending with others. But the few things I said were treating yourself like your best friend. So I touched on that today. That was my like first thing I ever had to do to value myself. Um, the second thing was, um, being confident and understanding that confidence is a choice. So this is this is one that sounds like a hot topic at first, but basically I was touching on this to clients saying like, no one rains down from the heavens is like, okay, Jen, today you're allowed to be confident. Now go forth and prosper. So that's how I mean when I say it's a choice. Like you literally have to say, you know, from that acceptance point, maybe on those days you love yourself a little more and maybe even not to be like, yeah, I'm still going to post that photo even though, I may not be an XYZ size or the leggings have a little roll on the side when I turn over and take the selfie in the mirror behind me and that's okay. Um, yeah. So I talked a little bit about confidence. And um, then more on the valuing your time, like filling a schedule that you love. And of course I said, obviously no one writes in like I'm going to the grocery store and I'm gonna love it. Um, or like I'm going to work today and it's gonna be lit. You you know, you have to do certain things, but then right. how do you wanna spend the rest of your day? It doesn't. I know a lot of people then associate that with working out. I'm like, it doesn't have to be a workout. If you're like, I want to sit on my bed and meditate for 45 minutes after work. I love that or whatever. So I had, you know, my action steps for them were like, put some want to do's on your calendar, like actually write it down, force yourself to do those things. 
um, that was another thing that helped me instead of being like, again, I'm going to these 86 classes. I'd be like, I, my goal for this week is to dance one day. I'll get to either 305 or a hip hop class. Or the next week it might be like, I need to get myself to yoga. Like I know that I need it and put that on my calendar. Um, yeah. And I just like touched on how really like I'm someone who's financially motivated a lot. Like, I don't know why it's just like instilled in me. So I had to literally treat my time like money. Like if I'm spending this time, like, is that valuable to me? Is that a good investment? Do those people make me feel amazing as I am, like, as I like to make my friends feel amazing. So sometimes it was even reciprocated. Like I wasn't getting good vibes from them. It was the same. And like, I didn't end up staying friends with those people. And of course, this is things that happen over time and time. Um, but like the best way that I could think about it was your time and your energy. Like imagine that's your bank account for the day. How do you want to spend it? Where do you want to spend it? And I think on the, on the essence, on the vein of self-love, once I started spending it in places that I was like, oh shoot, like I'm getting so much love back. I'm getting like such feedback, the vibes, like truly you, it's so much easier to love yourself. It's so much easier to accept yourself at least when everything around you is pushing you in good directions and in positive directions instead of spending your time. And I don't like the work example because some of us can't choose to like work our, our dream job just yet. But even after your workday is over, like there are things and steps and people you can be around and see and do to make you feel a little bit more elevated to bring your vibe up. If you notice that there are places you're spending it that you're like, after I do that, I feel drained. And this is another way that learning that alone time and quality time was one of my self-love languages was after all those experiences I had maybe with friends I am not close with anymore or whatever, I would come home and be like, I need to lay on my bed alone for like three hours. Nobody call me. Don't look at me. And I'm looking back. I'm like, I was literally recharging with love. My body was like, we need to do this to like go on tomorrow. <laughs> Don't want to interrupt. <laughs> That's too funny, but it's it's so true. I really like that. That you know, time is money. That's that that resonates with me too. I'm financially motivated as well. Also, cheers. <laughs> I'm drinking my water, which is I need. <laughs> Staying hydrated. But yeah, so, we, so value yourself and your time was, um, and I think like if you're not necessarily on a self-love journey, it was still a good way to like check in with how we are managing our time. And on the retrospect, if someone's like, I'm great with time management and I feel like, you know, I'm around good people, but they weren't necessarily recognizing that they were, you know, not taking that inventory of like, do I feel confident and why not, if not, and things like that. I feel like it, it spoke to a lot of people in different ways, which was really awesome. And I went in with not no expectations, but I was just like, I'm going to give this as best I can and see what happens. Um, and it got a really great response, which obviously then I was like, well, now my vibes are even higher and everything's yeah. great. Oh, that's great. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah. So you mentioned before we clicked record something about your shirt. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, one of my favorite things regarding self-love that's ever happened. Thank you for reminding me. I almost forgot. Um, so I am a runner. I have been a so I was a runner in high school actually, and then took some time off, picked up running again when I was a bar instructor. And I've like basically been the same size, ups and downs and whatever, but relatively the same size since I was in college. Like there hasn't been a crazy 
or um, drastic change. And so recently, I've still been running through the pandemic as much as I can. I put on one of my like favorite long sleeves and I'm like, this is so uncomfortable. Like just put it on and it's the company's great. It's not about them. And I just, I didn't feel good. And I like took a mental note of it and went about my life. And then the next week, so I run on the same day with my best friend who I've been running with for almost three years now. Um, I put on the shirt again. It was another cold morning. And I'm like, no, I don't like this shirt. I literally sat down in my car and ordered the next size up, which to anybody else that might be like, okay. But to me and my like eating disordered self and like person on the self-love journey who hasn't had that or hadn't had that experience yet, that would back in the day have like put me over the edge and and thrown me for a loop and I was like it's literally a number that's sewn into my clothes that I will pull out because the tag's actually pretty annoying and and that's it and like that moment I was so proud of myself and that's another thing with self-love is like letting yourself be proud when you have a victory even if whatever level of the journey you're on even if it's like having a snack or doing whatever like a lot of mine are food related obviously but whatever that win is for you like sit in that excitement I literally was like I'm so proud of myself for ordering like not even taking a second thought not having a breakdown had the same run I would have had and now I'm like obsessed with this shirt it looks like a sweater from the top I wore it to work today and I'm comfortable (laughs) I'm not like I can't wait to take this off the moment my workout is over And that was a big win for me. And so celebrating my wins is another form of self-love. I'm like such a, to myself, um, positive affirmations, words of, words of encouragement. That's huge for me. I love that. Celebrate the wins. Got to celebrate them. Have to. If you're not going to do it, who is? That was another one of my points in that talk was be your biggest cheerleader. Like literally show up for other people the way you show up for you. And as fitness instructors, I'm sure your vibe is similar. I haven't taken your class yet, but I can't wait to. Where I'm like, I'm cheering so loud for the people in the room, like, because that's what I have to do for myself. I teach the way that it works for me. Absolutely. Yeah, same. Uh, I'm so glad to be back to be teaching, though. Aren't you? Oh, my gosh. I literally, I teach my first class in Southie since it's been closed since, what, before the new year? Tomorrow morning. So. Wait, mine's tomorrow, too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited. Do you teach from where? Um, new at, um, where is it? Black Falcon, also in Southie. Okay. I have to leave the city to no, take a call. Sure. But yeah, I'm like, if this spirit moves, I would yours, but I can't. Um, but we'll have to, um, I'll peep your schedule. We'll, we'll book something now that we're, like that. you got to take advantage of it because you never know when the COVID ties turn. Well, that's another thing too. I'm like, carpe diem to the nth degree. Every time I can do something, I'm like, yeah. yes. Yes, 100%. Yes, I'm in. I'm there. Sign me up. <laughs> right? Yeah, when it comes to fitness, for sure, and, and group fitness, I'm just, I really feed off the energy. It's it's a game changer for me. And especially when it's like a, a studio and environment that's welcoming, like sweat fix and handlebar. Love it. Yeah. I know. Right. That's all I need. That's all I need. <laughs> yeah, I need. All right. Well, Jen, thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate it. I'm so excited for this episode to go live. I think everyone's going to love it. Thank you so much for having me. Everybody who's listening, reach out to us with your self-love inquiries, sending you all the love and light in February and beyond. Absolutely. And I will link Jen's Instagram page below. And if you have any questions, again, you can DM Jen or I, and I'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye.
Okay, fam, that is it for this week's episode. I truly appreciate you tuning in, listening. Your thoughtful DMs and messages mean the world to me. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to Sweating Shirtless wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also find Sweating Shirtless on YouTube by searching Sweating Shirtless. While you're there, please be sure to throw us a like and a subscribe. Lastly, you can find me on the gram at Mare underscore Dodie. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you next time. Thank you.